Sacred Space. So welcome back again to the second part of Sacred Space. My name is John Keeley, still joined by Shane Ambrose and, of course, Father Luke McNamara from Glenstall is still with us. Shane, um, you've got a few things that you'd like to share with us uh, in terms of having a chat with um, Father Luke about? Sure, John. So this week we're delighted to have Father Luke McNamara on the programme. He is a monk of Glenstall Abbey. Father Luke, tell us, how did you end up in Glenstall? Because I understand... You, uh, where are you from originally? I think it was. I, I grew up in uh, I grew up in Waterford, but uh-huh. uh, I have many Limerick relations. My uh, mother and father are both have both Limerick roots. Ah, uh, very so good. I'm, so we were just so I'm well connected. <laughs> I'm well connected locally, and I and my siblings didn't get far from Limerick. They all married locally. Ah, uh, very one. good. So. But I, I grew up in Waterford, but I went to school in Glenstall at the age of uh, 13 and I did my secondary education there. And then I went on to university and qualified as a GP and I worked for three years and then I entered in 1998. So oh, I've been good. in the monastery now 19 years or oh, nearly. Wow, very good. Um, uh, congratulations. I am curious. I, I do have a question for you. How ma- how many of the community uh, would have gone to school in Glenstall? Uh, about a third of us, a quarter to a third. Ah, so very good, very good. Around that proportion. Very good. Now, the reason, Father Luke, that you're you're joining us this morning is, of course, as we said at the top of the program, today is, of course, the Solemnity of Christ the King, which, of course, is the last Sunday in the liturgical year. Now, the quid pro quo of that, of course, is that next Sunday, hard although it is to believe, is, of course, the first Sunday of Advent. And we are, of course, beginning the the new liturgical year and the liturgical preparations as we head into the great feast of Christmas. Now, obviously, on Sacred Space, we don't mention the C word again for another few weeks, because we firmly believe on this program that the season of Advent is a season in its own right and which we should take time to participate in to and to get the fruits of that season as much as possible. And of course, the great season of Advent is a season of preparation. So, Father Luke, Dinstall is actually doing something to help people prepare and celebrate Advent. Well, what I would say is that... Um at between uh, Christ the King and Advent, we have a resetting of our clocks, in a sense, mm. a resetting of our calendars. And it's no harm to shift the shift the dial, as it were, and to uh, reconnect with uh, God's, uh, time. God's time. And that's, and where, that's we, where we, well, that's what we're trying to do with Glenstall this Advent, this Advent, and to try and help, try people, and help people to reconnect with God's time. God's time by hearing the prophets speak. During Advent, we have a lot of readings from the prophets, particularly Isaiah, wonderful readings. And um, we're hoping to uh, expose people to those readings during the course of Advent. So we're beginning on Sunday, the 3rd of December at 4.30 in the Monastery Library with Father Abbott, Brendan Coffey, and Claire Mann from Ennis. And he will be talking about um, Isaiah and the consolation that he speaks of. And then we will have Brother Podrick McIntyre from Kerry, who will be on Saturday, December the 9th at 4.30. And we will have myself uh, speaking on Zephaniah, um, a a little known prophet, but very important in ancient Ireland, uh, on uh, Sunday, the 17th of December at 4.30. 
I suppose uh, of all of them, the one that people might know about is the love story of Ruth and Boaz, mm -hmm. which is used in Advent as a story to speak of God's love for us and the coming of God the, in Christ uh, to us. And it's a beautiful story, and it's one that is used in monasteries uh, from early times. And because Ireland has a monastic tradition, we're a monastic church, um, we, we would have had this story read all through the country in the early centuries of all of our faith here in this country. So it's it's something lovely for people to be able to reconnect with something that people would have heard uh, preached and spoken about 1000 years ago in Ireland. And so I think that that's something wonderful that we're doing in, in as in as part of the series that we're looking at our current readings for Advent, but also the ones of our early forefathers in the faith. Um, because they have something uh, very uh, worthwhile to tell us that um, God's love for us uh, is there present in Jesus and in Jesus coming to us. There is um, at Advent a strangeness uh, about the time because we're expecting all the time for the arrival of Jesus on the 25th of December. But we're also in the first part of Advent, we're looking at the second coming of Christ. And we are anticipating that second coming. And it is a moment of, of uh, that we are still waiting for, of course. But I think there is also an intervening time where Christ is already um, with us and yet he has yet to come. So we're in that inter intermittent space um, we can we can look forward with hope to the second coming because Christ has already come. But we also um, have uh, joy in our hearts because because of that we have and security in our hope because Christ has already come. But we look forward then with great joy to the final coming and not simply the coming of Christ on the 25th of December. Mm. But there's a lovely phrase from one of our nuns, and she says, what's the point of Christ coming on the 25th of December if he doesn't come to me? And I suppose the whole of Advent is preparing for that coming of Christ into our hearts, into the heart of every one of us. And that's really some, it's a special phrase, I think. What's the point of preparing for Christ's coming if he doesn't come to me? And that that, that he should come to each of us this this uh, this 25th of December. I'm avoiding the C word in case I get cut <laughs> off. Very good, Father. We appreciate it very much. But as you said, it's 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 an interesting. I I love the idea the, the expression that you used at the top of the piece where you said it's about resetting our clocks, because of course we're just after that the at the at the end of October where the clocks were changed and for the daylight savings and all the rest of it. And it's, 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 it's a nice, um, gentle way that uh, Glinstall is offering for us in terms of a nice um, preparation and a little a small bit of, of, of time out in terms of just taking a moment maybe on one day of the week throughout the Advent season, as you said, for that preparation. Uh, in, and that that sense of expectation and that sense that sense that sense of waiting, but of course that's the important thing that we 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 try to emphasise each year on the program, and we try to remind people again and again that Advent as a season 
is um, it's a call. Um, you know, over the next couple of weeks, as we will reflect on the Advent season, you know, as we go through the Sundays, we reflect on the roles of John the Baptist, on the role of Mary through the Gospels. But as you said, because we, we focus on the Gospels, on the program, we don't often take the time to go through the wonderful imagery and the story of the prophets and the waiting then the expectation that was there for the thousands of years before Christ came himself amongst the people of Israel. And that whole sense of longing that was there for them. That, you know, the, as you said, Isaiah is very much the, the, the if you like, the prophet of, of, of Advent. But in terms of you, you yourself are going to be talking about Zephaniah. Who exactly was Zephaniah? That was, I, I have to say, I know he's one of the minor prophets, but that's about the extent of all that I know about him. Well, he did. He's one of the. He's probably the best prophet for Advent because we know very little about him personally, but we do know that he, he speaks about both both times of Advent. He speaks about the coming of Christ, and um, but also he speaks about Christ already being among us. So he holds very well together the tension between the two times of Advent. But um, just to to go back to your point about the prophets, mm. our forefathers were very impressed with the prophets. And if you look around our high crosses around the country, they feature prominently. And this is unusual. It's not the case in the rest of Europe. They, they have a very high profile uh, amongst our, 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 our ancestors, both in, in the written documents we have from the 7th, 8th, 9th centuries onwards, and also on the, in, our, in our imagery, um, particularly on the high crosses. And we, we can see them there. But the, there's beautiful images um, in, I, I won't spoil it on for Zephaniah, but there's beautiful images with uh, Isaiah um, mm. where, we, where we have um, the swords being beaten down into plowshares and the spears into pruning mm. hooks. So the weapons of war being transformed into um, the tools to feed us. And I think there's one wonderful thing there. Nothing is destroyed nothing is eliminated everything is conserved so there's that wonderful sense that everything that we bring to god god molds in the forge that is that is the spirit that transforms all the metal to to the use of good and i i like to think of us being put into the foundry of the lord and being remolded for good and all the the kind of the warped elements of ourselves not being cast out but being reformed and transformed so that we could be children of God and laborers in his kingdom. So I think there's something wonderful about, about that. And, and that text is very closely connected with uh, the Isaiah text on the spirit, where the spirit is mentioned something like 15 times in five verses. So, so that notion of the fiery spirit molding the, the implements is, is really beautiful. The second image that I really love uh, from Isaiah is where the animals all live at peace with each other and mm. the children and they put their hand into the into the viper's lair and no harm comes to them or or the lion lies down with the the lamb and those are beautiful images and they remind us that uh, that God is looking to to create a, a wonderful peaceful kingdom and that we are to be we are that is to be our home and that is what God wants for all of us and if we think of the gifts that are promised for us at Christmas, they are of, oops, the peace, right. <laughs> peace, peace, joy, um, peace and joy. But these are these are anticipated by the prophets. And in a sense, we're prepared for them by mm. reading the prophets. 
So we're prepared to receive them in their fullness. And I, I suppose you've talked about respecting Advent as a season in its own right. I think really if we, if we keep to, if we open our hearts to receive um, the wonderful images that, we're, that are given to us, that we can better receive these gifts. It's interesting that in front of the United Nations, they have the, this, this statue of, of the swords uh, being beaten into plowshares and the spears into pruning hooks. And that, that that is the emblem of the United Nations. So Isaiah has has inspired the greatest peacemaking organization in the world, which you're probably familiar with out mm. in the Lebanon. And it, there's something, mm. you know, it, it, there is a power uh, to the to the voice of the prophets even today. And for for people, married couples, um, the story of Ruth and Boaz is also something wonderful because Christ comes with a gift of love. And we don't hear that so often um, at, at Christmas. Uh, we, we, we don't hear often this, this, the coming of Christ with the gift of love. And that's mm. very much present in the story of Ruth and Boaz. And we hear how despite all the, the, the difficulties that come their way, they somehow manage to find each other and to find true love. So it, there's that lovely story. And St. Benedict recommends it to us uh, in Advent and we formerly used to read it in the refectory um, for meditation uh, during Advent, but we don't we don't do so now because we we've discontinued uh, Sunday readings in the refectory because it, the meals took too long. <laughs> uh, but but um, but but uh, it's it's still a wonderful story and it it should be more widely shared. So um, I love that. I love that. I love that image. Actually, I hadn't ever thought about that before. That um, you know, we we've often heard that expression, beating swords into plowshares. I you know that whole idea that actually nothing is wasted, and it, it very much fits, if you like, with the the current uh, zeitgeist in terms of you know the whole pro push in terms of climate change in you know Absolutely. Pope Francis's uh, Pope Francis's encyclical Laudato Si in terms of the whole consciousness of our usage of resources in the world but also when we look at it I suppose at a personal level I think it's great message of hope to people because one of the challenges I suppose that's out there sometimes is that people can turn away from faith and turn away from the church and turn away from celebrations because there's this belief, wrong belief, if you like, that there is no place for them in the Christian community. And I suppose that's one of the messages, I suppose, particularly that comes out for me in the prophets, is that again and again, when the prophets were speaking, they called to the marginalized, to use that expression of Pope Francis, those on the periphery, you know, yes. those, the, the reminder to us all to come back, but at the same time, coming back in your own brokenness, that God himself can take you as you are, you don't have to change. You well, you, you you will be changed in terms of if you you know when you when you encounter God. But that whole sense that you know you come as you are. You don't have to be perfect. Um, and that's, I suppose that's you know, and that's one of the reminders I think that we have to kind of remind people of again and again, particularly in the preparation of Advent and the and the celebration of the season. That that's what it's about. It's not about perfection. You know, as we come up to celebrate Christmas, it's not about everything is going to be absolutely brilliant. You know, life isn't like that, and you know, it, it's 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 a reminder to us, and that's something that, that the prophets do remind us again and again, and it links very much, I suppose, into what something we say on the program very often when we talk about Lexio Divina when we do the gospel sessions, 
and the fact that even you know these are written you know hundreds and thousands of years ago the scripture the words the inspired word of god that we hear you know at the prophet's words ringing out again still have a message and a vibrancy for us today in this modern world in 2018 in 2017 yes i i, I really like that 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 image um but i think i i think we can connect it very clearly with jesus himself <laughs> Because Jesus uh, says, not a hair on your head will be lost. And there is this wonderful sense of the care for each of us and the recognition, yes, that that there are uh, rough edges. But but the transformation isn't something that is done by ourselves. It is God's own spirit um, which works on us or the other taking in the image of Jeremiah. We are molded like the potter who's molding us, mm-hmm. remolding us, refashioning us. But we're not broken. We're remolded, and and it's there's this wonderful sense of allowing ourselves to just come before the Lord and allowing the Lord to shape us and to reshape us and to restore us and to so so that that lovely image that nothing, not a hair in your head will be lost. I think people mm-hmm. do need to hear that. It, it because, reminds, yeah. Sorry, Shane. Yes, go on. Mm. Exactly. No, I, I, no, no. sorry, I was interrupting you there. When you were talking about the potter there, it just reminded me of two kind of um, expressions that come to mind. One, I think it's, it's, it's attributed to St. Ambrose of Milan. He, he said, you know, you, you know, we are cracked to let the light shine in and let the light shine through. You know, in our brokenness, we can see the light of God in our daily lives. But it also reminds me of that, that story. I think it's associated very much with Japan where you had this image of a clay pot which was broken and the potter picks it up and puts it back together and as he repairs each of the cracks he glue, the glue is mixed through with precious metal like gold and suddenly when you see it put all back together even in its cracked nature it is even more beautiful than it was before and it's a beautiful metaphor to remind us i suppose that you know as we are it warts and all, you know, we, we are valued for who we are as a child of God. You know, it, it's, it's, it's that great expression um, that Pope uh, Benedict had in one, of his, in one of his addresses, you know, that reminder to us that, you know, we are not, uh, we're not a casual and meaningless product of evolution. You know, each of us is the result of a thought of God. Each of us is willed. Each of us is loved. Each of us is necessary. And, you know, and there's, you know, and then there's nothing being more beautiful than being surprised by the gospel, by the encounter with Christ. And I think, I suppose, that's one of the things and one of the the reminders we would give to people during the preparation for Advent is taking that time out to try and make space for that encounter with Christ. And, you know, this, as you said, this, 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 these, these reflections, these sharings, uh, England stall are a beautiful, beautiful way to do it. Now, Father Luke, if you could just remind people again, what are the dates and the times? Now, we will obviously put this up on the blog and we'll remind people throughout Advent on the radio program each Sunday of the sessions that are coming up. But if you just wanted to remind people or tell people again the dates and the times. Very good. We kick off on Sunday, the 3rd of December with Father, Father Abbott, uh, Brendan Coffey from Ennis, awaiting the Lord God who will wipe away the tears from all faces and he will speak on Isaiah. And then on Saturday, the 9th of December, We'll have Brother Podrick McIntyre from Kerry speaking on Ruth and Boaz, a story of hope and promise. And then on Sunday, the 17th of December, it will be myself, Luke McNamara, speaking on 
Zephaniah, meeting the Lord your God who is in your midst. And just to just to conclude, it, just a word on Zephaniah because I didn't answer. Um, <laughs> in in our in our in our cathedrals, um, we don't have any stained glass window from the the early centuries anymore. But there is still in France in Chartres the the window the the west window from the 11th century of uh, the prophet Zephaniah pointing towards Mary, the virgin and child in the center of the window. Of all the prophets, he is the one who is pointing that that Christ is here now among us. And it's a real reminder to us. Um, Zephaniah is insistent that despite the messiness of our lives, and he speaks about the messiness of our lives for about 90% of his little book. Mm. But despite the messiness of our lives, the Lord is here in our midst. And I think that's a wonderful message to hold both together that, yes, we're all very imperfect, but that the Lord is here in our midst. And this window uh, that is in Chartres in France would have been in St. Mary's in Limerick, would have been, it was the standard type, if you know what I mean, mm -hmm. um, a standard rose window that would have been in all our cathedrals in Ireland, in the medieval cathedrals. But unfortunately, the Reformation, they were taken out. Um, but uh, we have that, that beautiful, so we can, in a sense, uh, relive the experience of our forefathers uh, and because I'll be showing images uh, at, at the talk of the, mm. the window at Chartres, we can reimagine what what uh, we would have seen in St. Mary's Cathedral or in the other cathedrals around. Um, so now those those talks take place. They are at 4.30 p.m. and they are going to be hosted in Glenstall's Abbey's library. So for anyone that hasn't been to Glenstall before, you go up and around to the back of the church, and the abbey is, or the the library is just a bit beyond, uh, a bit beyond the church, isn't it? There, Father. That's right. And afterwards, yeah. we'll have uh, tea and coffee for everybody, and some some uh, pies, and then we will have vespers for those who wish at six o'clock, which will be sung vespers, and they're particularly beautiful in in Advent because. Mm -hmm. We have special chants and we have a special it's it's uh, we have eight modes in which we sing and we sing in mode four in Advent, which people which is the favorite mode of most people who come to us. So we actually get some people, particularly from County Clare, in fact, who come simply just to hear us in, in December to hear the Advent uh, chants. And in so, terms of in terms of Advent, in terms of Advent in the monastery, um, obviously, from the 16th to the 24th, there's the great O antiphons, and and we That's we right. cover those we cover those on the program every year. But is there is there is there anything else in particular you know that the that you guys you know you as a community do um, to mark Advent as you as you uh, you know as, and mark the season? Well, it's particularly marked in the in the church, um, in that we we have like everywhere we have the the purple color, but. But more particularly with the with the uh, hymns and the chants, and we've and we've a particularly uh, every every psalm has a particular antiphon which is unusual. Normally, you only have a particular antiphon for the Magnificat on a Sunday, but in Advent it's every day, and so it, there's much more elaborate singing, and it's very joyous. And it's it's catchy. <laughs> you, 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 you run up to the church a bit with a bit more vigor because you're eager to sing it in the uh -huh. morning at, at 630 because it's, it's 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 very joyous. And the same in the evening for Vespers and for Compline. Mm -hmm. We we do have um, 
also we we have a, a carol service and we stick very uh, stringently to your uh, your rules on the radio mm-hmm. with there's no c carols they're all <laughs> advent carols um, okay. and that's that, that is a beauty of its own as well and we we also mm-hmm. we have the wreath um which a lot of churches would have but we also have um we often have a wreath in the, in the refectory as well and saint benedict has a wonderful expression that the refectory is an extension of the oratory and I think it could be a good message for people in their own homes that that where we where we pray is often our bedroom or, or, or maybe our living room, but that 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 we also should pray around the table, and and Benedict always likes to connect the the the, the table, and and the place of prayer, and I think that's that the oratory that's that I think I think that's something very special, uh, a special emphasis, and and we keep we have a weekly servers in the in the church. But we also have weekly service in the refectory, so and they they're on the same list. So uh, there's there's this there's this constant um, mention in the rule between the oratory and the refectory that the that the respect for God must happen in both places. It's quite interesting, and if we if we think of think of the meal and the Last Supper and and the importance uh-huh. of that, of course, it, it's it's kind of a logic to it, and that's where it's, the watch feet happens as well happens indeed it, i have to say it, oh it in for holy thursday no 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 for the guests when the guests come it, it in the rule the guests were it, the rule says they're to have their feet washed as they come be, before they come into the refugee but unfortunately today it's not practical we don't do it anymore but but they used <laughs> but but they they used to have their feet washed before they would come into the refugee Yes, that's you know it's 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 as as you said it, just describing it I I almost wish I, I I could visit it's been a while since I was in Glenstall and as you said well, you'd be very for well some, for some vespers on a on a Sunday uh, it's it's well worth the journey out to Maru and and up the avenue up the avenue to 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 the monastery Father Luke McNamara listen we want to say thank you very much for being on the program and telling us about the forthcoming um, uh, series of talks hearing the prophet speak. They will be on the 3rd of December, the 9th of December, and the 17th of December. They're being hosted in Glenstall Abbey Library, and they're at 4.30 p.m. And we would encourage people to attend, as and and then, if possible, to stay on, of course, for the Vespers afterwards with monks in the uh, in the Abbey Church. So, John, just back to you. Uh, I think we have a piece of music, and before we take the next ad break. Okay, thanks for that now. And uh, yeah, we'll go for a second bit of music just before we take the ad break and come back for the gospel. And this one is by John Michael Talbot entitled Lord, Every Nation on Earth. So let's say this. Lord, every nation on earth shall adore you. shall bow, every tongue confess your name, Jesus the Lord. Lord, every nation on earth Thank you. 
give judgment to the king's son. He will shepherd the people with mercy, the poor, with right judgment and Sacred Space 